Welcome to the weekly podcast for City Chapel at Slaughter Creek, the world's okayest church, right here in Austin. Get to know us better at citychapelchurch.com. We're so glad that you joined us today and hope you enjoy the message. Um, Today I'm going to start a a two-week sermon series uh, that's a little bit special, uh, and it's about uh, superstition. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you about this idea, very superstitious. Um, there you go. We figured. So I'm gonna. No, no, no. Um, yes. Yeah, thank you, Jonathan. So, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Okay, all right. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's that's, that's enough. We're not even gonna now. Now that song's gonna be stuck in everybody's head for the next week. You can thank you can thank me later um, for that. But uh, it's just so interesting. Uh, uh, St. Patrick's Day falls on um, Sunday, uh, next Sunday. So, so, so sort of in honor of that, I said, hey, uh, let's do a sermon series on superstition. Because uh, we got four-leaf clovers going on. We got horseshoes going on. We got uh, the look of the Irish going on. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm, all, I'm, I'm, I'm bilingual. Um, And we're talking about different superstitions, which is why I got a little sermon prop right here that I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Um, I I, I posted on Facebook uh, this week um, the fact that I was going to be preaching on superstitions. And I ask you all, what are some superstitions that you've known of or perhaps have believed in? Um, and um, we, had, we had several responses, some of which, uh, we'll try to bring some up right here. But uh, I, re- I remember one was uh, somebody mentioned, which, which I, I had already known about because I am bilingual, um, Oho. I heard, about, I heard about Oho. So see, Oho. Oh, see? See, I got it. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not entirely. Anyway, it's like it's 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 like there's there's some there's different versions of oho um, that I, I I've noticed. There's the there's 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 the egg thing that like if if someone's sick or if a baby is sick, a child's sick, you rub the egg on them and it collects the, the bad spirits, I guess, in, in the egg. Um, but there's also like the evil eye that if somebody is jealous of you, or this also has to do a lot with babies. For some reason, people are jealous of people that have babies, I guess. I don't know. But if they, if they, if they, if they want, if, they, if, if they're jealous of you, like they have to touch what it is that they're jealous of, which maybe that's why so many people like to touch newborn babies. I don't know. But uh, they, have to be, they have to touch it or this evil spirit will be there and it can only be gotten rid of by um, this, this particular egg. So the evil eye, oh, ho, uh, anyway, it's sort of, blends together. I know the open umbrella uh, thing, you don't open an umbrella indoors. Um, uh, Nicole mentioned that and, and how she still, doesn't, she still doesn't do that. Mia mentioned that in the African-American culture, if someone accidentally sweeps your foot, 
I was just curious, what does it mean to sweep a foot? Are we talking like a broom kind of thing? Okay, all right, all right. I didn't know it was, a, you know, it was like a soccer move or something. Okay, so if, so if you accidentally sweep your foot, you have to spit on the broom to avoid bad luck. This is why I go out of the house when Rose cleaning. I just, I'm just, I don't want, as I'm trying to save you, honey, from me having to spit, hawk up a bunch of stuff on our... our if you find a penny that's, that's, on, that's facing heads up, it brings good luck, apparently. You know, the, the president looking up there at you, it gives you good luck. Um, knocking on wood, we've heard about that, right? You, you knock on wood so that you don't jinx yourself. Uh, if, you, if you say something um, that might... Jinx is also an interesting term. I, I guess it has to do with if you say something that you don't want to happen, or you, that if you say it, that maybe that might affect it and influence it in happening. So you knock on wood to kind of hit delete. It's, it's kind of like the alt-delete of the, of the superstition world. Control-alt-delete. That kind of gets rid of it real quick. Um, uh, man, yeah, there was, there was some here by, by Tiffany, uh, which, which I don't really know. Oh, okay, she's talking about Oho and the evil eye. Um, uh, uh, yeah, D- Diane mentioned that if you wear a safety pin when you're pregnant, you're supposed to wear a safety pin when you're pregnant, ladies, in case there is an eclipse. I guess it protects the baby from the eclipse. Um, yeah, that's, that's serious. That's serious stuff. Uh, of course, as a kid, we always learned about don't step on a crack or you break your mama's back. The crack in the back thing rhymes. So I figured that's how that worked. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Brenda had some real interesting stories uh, about some things. If someone, Vanessa said, if someone gives you a set of knives, you're supposed to give them a nickel or a penny back for good luck. Yeah. If, uh, if, if someone has the hiccups, you can put a red thread on their forehead to cure the hiccups. I've, 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 I've heard about this one as well. If you're driving over railroad tracks, you're supposed to lift your feet off the floorboards. Anybody ever heard of that? You're supposed to lift your feet off the floorboard. I don't know what happens if you don't. I've never lifted my feet, so I guess I, 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 guess I do know what happens if you don't. I don't know what's supposed to happen. Um, if you spill salt, you're supposed to throw some over your shoulder or you won't live to be much older. That rhymes. Uh, black cats cross your path. You're supposed to turn around because apparently that's a bad omen, a bad sign. Breaking mirrors. If you break a mirror, seven years, bad luck. Um, yeah, that's really unfortunate. And then there's some good luck things. Rabbit's foot, four-leaf clover um, will bring good luck. Um, here at City Chapel, we have our own version. It's called Finding Dimes. Come on, so oh, it's getting quiet now. It's getting quiet now. People, oh, we, we, we yeah, we, mm. uh, Anyway, uh, so these, these were the unlucky number 13, right? Some people won't, 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 won't stay on the, well, big hotels don't even have a 13th floor. They go from 12 to 14 because nobody wants to stay on the 13th floor. Um, because especially if it's on Friday, the 13th, you, you definitely don't want to, you don't want to go there. Uh, Webster's Dictionary says that a superstition is a belief or practice resulting from, and this really could be my sermon series. I, I could just build it out of Webster's Dictionary, but it's a belief or practice uh, resulting from ignorance. That could be week number one. Hello. All right. That could be week number one. We are having some issues with the sound today. I don't know why it's cutting out. Uh, yeah, it's because... 
Come on, somebody. From, uh, okay, resulting from ignorance. So stop being ignorant. That's my first sermon. Stop being ignorant. Just stop it. Okay, done. On to the next sermon. Uh, resulting from ignorance or fear of the unknown. A lot of us have that. Fear of the unknown or faith in magic or chance or a false conception of causation. I like that. False conception of causation. Uh, false conception of causation. You, you don't really understand what causes things. You have a false conception of causation. You, you see the end result and you, you think that something caused it. It's a false conception of causation though. Um, and so this is only a two-week sermon series though. It's only today and next Sunday. Next Sunday I'm going to wear my, lucky, my, my luck of the Irish shirt to be extra lucky. But, um, but today I just wanted to talk to you about this, this one part of the definition, which is, which, which is trust in magic or chance, or faith in magic or chance. A superstition is a belief or practice that, re, that is a result of having faith in um, magic or chance. In fact, I feel like superstition is really, it, it is Satan's substitute for faith. It is the, it's the, it's the, it's the thing that looks kind of like faith, acts kind of like faith, looks kind of, smells kind of like faith, but actually isn't. It's, it's actually a, a cheap substitute for faith. And so, and so just to kind of wig everybody out, I, I was wanting to preach like from under the open ladder um, and then sort of double it up, I guess, by, by opening an umbrella. I hope this doesn't freak anybody out. Um, so we got to open, but since I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, cause I'm really tall, I can't fit under the open. So I'll just sit under the, <laughs> under the open umbrella, under the open ladder. Now all I need is like a mirror. Maybe next week I'll bring a mirror to break with my open umbrella while sitting under an open ladder. I don't know. Um, yep. And, uh, next Sunday is bring your black cat to church Sunday. Kids, it's going to be fun. Um, but, but what I wanted to do is, is, uh, is, is, is sort of address some of these superstitions. Um, and, and many of us think that they're, 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 they're a bit silly. I mean, I don't know that anyone really thinks anything bad's going to happen to me while uh, I open an umbrella in, in, the, in the building or I stand or sit under an open ladder. I'll just leave that right there. Um, I, I don't know that anyone really believes that nowadays. Many of us, uh, well, obviously, uh, we've kind of evolved past that. We've got a lot smarter than that. Um, we're not as ignorant, maybe, as, as, we, as, as we look at our ancestors and think that they were. Um, we, we don't feel that we struggle with superstition so much, which is, which is the perfect kind of sermon series, right? The kind of, to, to, to preach on something that nobody's really dealing with. Like, that's just the best. Everybody wants a sermon series like that. Pastor Harry, would you just preach about this random thing that nobody ever struggles with? Because then I can sit at church and be like, yeah, those losers who, who, who believe in, you know, scary things like ladders and, and, and open umbrellas. Like, wow, I'm so glad I'm not one of those people. And so, and so yes, take, take comfort. Be encouraged. You are those smart people that haven't fallen prey to this kind of nonsense. You probably don't have Lucky, lucky rabbit's foot in your pocket, um, especially since it's Austin and cruelty to animals just is kind of frowned upon around here. And so we don't really cut off rabbit's feet and stuff like that. And so we're, we're, we're good, right? We don't have the superstitions that these other strange people have had throughout history. But, but what you do need to know is that, that the enemy loves to substitute things. 
And especially for people of faith, I think it's important that we understand that, that superstition is actually so close to faith, it snuggles up so closely to faith that if we're not careful, we can also fall prey to the substitute. We can, we can mistake the substitute for the real thing. And Satan's always doing this. The forces of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, is always replicating and creating its own uh, substitutes. Um, I, remember, I remember the scripture uh, that I always used to read as a kid, and I thought it was so weird. Uh, it's a scripture that says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't have it on the screen, but the scripture says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I always thought that was so weird. It was like, it was like God was making these, com- these two comparisons of being drunk with wine and being filled with the Holy Spirit, which to me are just polar opposites. Like, why would you say that? Why wouldn't you say, don't be a hypocrite, but be filled with the Spirit? Or, or don't try to do life on your own power, but be filled with the Spirit. Instead, he goes to, like, drunkenness. Um, and uh, one time I was listening to my pastor, Pastor Wright, and he was preaching on this. And he said that the reason why Scripture references drunkenness right next to being filled with the Holy Spirit is because drunkenness is Satan's substitute for being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the reason is because when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're, 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 you're brave, you're bold, you're, your inhibitions are, are down, you, you're, you're excessively joyful, you're able to let go of things, you're able to, to just, just enjoy all that God is doing right now. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with this immense peace and this immense warmth over, over you. And so the enemy sees that and he says, hey, I can, I can replicate that uh, with this drink right here. If you just drink enough of this, then, then you'll have a slight for a moment you'll have a sense of peace a sense of forgetting about your trouble a sense of uh, uh, lowered inhibitions and bravery and just just go out and have a good time but the problem is all of Satan's substitutes they, they, they all fall dramatically short of the real thing and it's not because the and it, it's not it's not because the enemy's trying to make a perfect substitute it's because within the kingdom of God the things that are in the kingdom of God all promote the value system of the kingdom of God and so in the kingdom of God the being filled with the holy spirit will promote love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and and long suffering it, it because because you have this immense peace because because you have God doing something in your life dealing with the issues of your life now in drunkenness you just it sort of deadens your your senses uh, whereas being filled with the spirit makes all of your senses come to life you see all the details. Your brain is working and you see God working in all the details. And it, that's why you have so much joy. But in drunkenness, you just, you just have a, a dullness for a while. And then you wake up with a hangover. And uh, it's not at all what God had intended. But it, is, it, is, it does have the attraction, the initial attraction of the kingdom of God. Which is why I've said several times that, that sin is like chocolate covered poop. Because the enemy sees, you know, sees this beautiful chocolate-covered um, uh, peanut butter, which is Reese's peanut butter cup. Come on, somebody! And he says, "Wow, that's really good. People really like that." Now he doesn't have he doesn't have the fake peanut butter to shove in there, so he just has poop. So he has chocolate-covered poop, and it has the initial attraction. It has the initial attraction of the thing, but, but obviously, as you get closer to it, um, it's not made of the same stuff. And that is also true of superstition, in that, in that superstition is Satan's sort of counterfeit. It's his substitute for faith. 
And in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, you see the heroes of the faith. You see uh, uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11 starts off with these words that, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things unseen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. And then it starts talking about uh, this faith. And it, and, and it says, and I, and, I, and I love how in the Lavender translation, how it says that we understand that the, the ages were shaped by faith in a word from God. And then he goes right on there from verse 4 through the rest of the chapter. The writer of Hebrews 11 starts talking about all of these heroes, what we call heroes of the faith. People who, who exhibited great faith. And so I feel like superstition is the substitute for that because, because the, what, 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 what faith offers people... If being filled with the Spirit offers peace and love and joy and, 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 and serenity and, and calm and, 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 and freedom, well, if that's what uh, being filled with the Spirit offers, well, faith offers power. Faith offers you the power to create the environment that you live in. That's what it says, that, that things that are seen were made from things that are unseen. So faith taps into an unseen reality and brings that unseen reality into a seen reality so that what, was, what wasn't before suddenly is when, whenever faith is applied to it. Does that make sense? So, so you read through the, the, the heroes of the faith. You read through Hebrews chapter 11 and you're going to see guys like Noah. And, and, and Noah's living out in the, middle, in the middle of the Middle East, in the middle of a desert, and it's never rained even once. And God speaks to Noah and says, man, it's going to rain, and it's going to rain so hard that it's going to flood the entire earth. And so you need to build a boat. So Noah starts building a boat. And everybody looks at Noah and says, you're crazy. Why are you building a boat? Well, because God told me something. God, who's he? Well, he's, this, he's invisible. You can't see him. You can't hear him. You can't smell him. You can't taste him. You, your senses can't pick him up, but he's there. And he told me that this thing is going to happen. It's going to rain. What's rain? Well, it's, just, it's when water comes from the sky. That, 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 that never happens, Noah. Well, I know, I know it never happens, but, but I, I've tapped into this thing that's outside of this reality. I've tapped into this other reality, and this other reality is telling me that I need to get ready for something that's coming. And so Noah starts building a boat. Take him like a hundred years to build a boat. Everybody thinks he's crazy. Why are you building a boat, Noah? And finally, after a hundred years, he has the boat built. Uh, he got all these animals in there, and him and his family go into the boat. The door closes, and then it starts to rain. And if you're the enemy, if you're the devil, you're 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 you're, you're taking notes because it's like, hold up a second. All of my all of my kingdom, all of my all of my plans, all of my strategies. We're thrown off by this one crazy lunatic building a boat? Like, wait a minute, this, like, how did he know? Because, see, see, Satan doesn't know the future. So he, how, did, how did that guy know it was going to rain when rain had never happened before? It's something called faith. It's something called tapping into an unseen reality. And when he tapped into that unseen reality, when he, he made decisions in his, in his seen reality based on that unseen reality, he ended up saving his family and literally the entire human race because of what he had tapped into. And so Satan says, man, there's, there's great power. When you can tap into an unseen reality, there's great power that it has power to affect your, your actual reality that we see here. And the, the, the levels of change I've been preaching about, right? Your environment is at the lowest level. Well, what has dominion over your environment? Your behavior. What has dominion over your behavior? Your belief system. And that's where faith resides. Faith resides in the heart 
of a believer, of, 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 of people of faith. And so people of faith are able to tap into something that the enemy can't even see. The enemy says, how did you, how did you do that? How did you know that? Moses, Moses, Moses had a shift in his belief system. Moses identified as, as, a, as a child of Egypt, as a son of Pharaoh. And there was a shift in his life when he was about 40 years old, old where he decided to identify with the people of God instead. And so that belief system affected his behavior. He started acting like a Hebrew. Then he got in trouble with the Egyptians. And then he ran off for 40 years. And then God said, I want you to come back and deliver my people. And so he comes back, he stands before Pharaoh and he says, let, God says, let my people go. God says, this unseen thing out there says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, well, why should I care about your superstition? Why should I care about your God out there? Why should I care about this other reality when I am currently in charge of the reality that I can see? He, just, he doesn't believe him. And Moses says, okay, well, let me, let me help you understand this. And Moses takes his stick, his staff, right? And he throws his stick down. He says, see, look, this is a stick, right? Looks like a stick, acts like a stick. If you knock it on, on this wall right here, sounds like a stick. But when I, when I add faith to my stick, <laughs> when, I lock my, when I lock my faith into an unseen reality, this thing, which was a stick, when I throw it, he throws it down and it turns into something else. It turns into, some translations say a serpent, some, some say an alligator. But anyway, it turns into something other than what Pharaoh thought it was. Why? Because God wants him to know that there is great power in faith. There is great power in faith that changes, literally changes the genetic structure of the things that we see here and now. That there is a greater reality that has dominion over the reality that we are currently living in. And Satan saw that and he said, wow, look at, the, look at the power that that guy has. He has this ability to tap into this greater reality and bring that reality into this reality. Those, people like that, you can't stop them. If you're the enemy, you're looking at them like, you can't, how do you stop people that are living off of a reality that you can't even see? Because all the stuff you throw at them, if you, if you try to discourage them, they're still smiling because they're looking at this other reality. If you, if, if, if Job, right? I mean, all of his children are killed and his wife turns away from him. He loses all of his money. This reality starts crumbling and Job is still smiling because there's something else. There's another reality that he's tapped into. How do you stop people like that? How do you discourage people like that? How do you steal their peace or their joy or their patience or their long suffering? How do you get them to quit? How do you get them to quit? You can't. You can't, you can't take that reality away from them because you can't touch it. You can't see it. And the enemy saw these people, this, he, 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 he not only read Hebrews 11, he lived through Hebrews 11. He lived down through the generations of trying and trying to discourage people that were tapped into something that he couldn't even see and he had no control over. The Bible calls Satan the little g God of this world. And so he's, this is his dominion. This is his domain. This is his reality. And when people start tapping into this other reality that he doesn't even see, he, he gets really nervous because these people live with such power. Jesus came and, and walked the earth with this power. He demonstrated this power. He walked on water. Not, not, not so that you and I would, would test this out in swimming pools across Austin. But he walked on water as a demonstration of what it is to live by faith. That when you're walking by faith, you literally walk on the very things that, 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 that covers and, and drowns other people. 
The stuff that Satan throws at other people that gets them to quit, that gets them discouraged, that gets them to throw in the towel, that gets them to, to, to give up on life and on hope and on joy. The very, those very things that are, that are drowning other people, when you walk by faith, you, you use that as a platform to display the glory of God. It's like, look, all this stuff is still coming at me, but I still have peace. All this stuff is still coming at me, but I still have joy. I am not defeated by this world and the things of this world. I'm tapped into a great kingdom. I'm living for another country, not the country that I'm living in right now, but there's a place whose builder and maker is God, and I'm going there. This is my reality. This is my truth. This is what I hold on to. And you can't stop people like that. You can't, you can't, you can't hurt people like that. They're invincible. They, they, they walk on stuff that, you, that make other people drown. They, they deal with stuff that make other people quit because they're not even looking at that stuff. They're looking somewhere else. And Satan, I think, sees that and he says, man, yeah, there's great power when you can tap into another reality. And so his substitute for faith would be superstition because superstition is so similar to that. It is this belief in something that you can't see or rationalize. It's this belief in something out there that has effect and power over things here. But the, the poison, or I should say the poop within the chocolate, <laughs> not only changes the effects of the whole thing, but it even, it, it, it even affects the taste of the chocolate itself. Even the good part isn't really nearly as good. And so there's two areas that I want to talk about how supersti superstition um, changes and alters the chemistry of faith. Number one, it, it, it changes the subject of faith. Superstition changes the subject of faith. And just so, that, just, just so that you don't feel too comfortable, I'm not just talking about the superstitions of open umbrellas and, and, and ladders. Although it's a good starting point. You don't go under an open ladder. Why? Because it's bad luck. So bad luck for you is, means that bad things will happen to you. Uh, maybe uh, a car will swerve off the road and hit you. Maybe uh, you'll get sick by some weird disease. Something bad will happen to you. And on, on the opposite side of that, you, you want things that bring good luck. So, so, so if you find a penny with its heads up, that means good luck, which means good things will happen to you. If you walk around with a, with, with a rabbit's foot, it means good things will happen to you. Well, this is, this is the subject of both bad luck and good luck. Things that are happening to you. This is the way that, that if, if you read Hebrews 11... These people were not necessarily concerned about what was happening to them. And so, so the substitute changes uh, the, 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 the very components of the subject of faith. The object of faith. And see, we, we, we may not believe in rabbit's foot, but we may believe in special prayers for blessings. You got to be careful that the enemy doesn't change the subject of your faith, the object of your faith. If the object of your faith is that you would be blessed, if the object of the, your faith is that your life would be better, if, if, if all of your prayers were answered today and the only person that benefited was you and those near to you, then you have come to the borderlands of superstition. Yeah. 
Because what, prayer can be superstitious? Absolutely. Prayer can be entirely superstitious. If you, if you allow Satan to change the subject of your prayer, the object of your prayer, the point of your faith, the point of faith is never to, make your, to enrich your life. The point of faith is never to make your life easier or more convenient. The point of faith is to, is to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is love, joy, peace, patience, all these other things that really don't greatly benefit you. They benefit the way you treat other people. The point of faith is that we would bless others. The point of faith is that we would feed others. The point of faith is that we would clothe others. The point of faith is that we would love others. The point of faith is that we would be a benefit to others. And so, and so it's not bad to pray for blessings for yourself. But if that's the primary object of your prayers, even your prayers can become superstitious. It's interesting all the ways in which superstition bleeds into society. It's like we're really, we, we, we think we're not as ignorant as we used to be, so we don't believe in this stuff. But the truth is we do, we do hang our hat on several things that we don't really understand. Like, like for instance, politicians. So politics has become a, a huge superstition that if we believe that a particular party can be in control of, of the House or the Senate or the White House, that, that good things will come to us. And honestly, many of us are scared to death of the other party getting in control of this place or that place because we believe bad things will come to us. And our faith is so interlocked into our voting that we place so much priority in trying to convince everybody else to vote the way that we're voting because, because so much is riding on it. And it's just, it's just your faith has moved off of the subject of blessing other people and providing for other people and helping other people. And it's gone into a self-protection mode of let's defend me. Let's make sure my stuff is safe. Let's make sure my taxes are low enough and my education maybe is cheaper and my life is better. And we make decisions based on what's going to benefit me. What's going to help me? What's, what, what am I afraid of? Who's going to save me from the stuff for the people that I'm afraid of? And who's going to, who's going to benefit me and help me do the stuff that I really want to do? And we, we put a lot of faith into politicians. And I, I'm 38, so I was, I was around in the 90s. I remember the moral majority. And we just had to get out slick willy. Oh, Bill Clinton, man. That's what that's what us Christians call them. Because he was, he was, you know, he was an adulterer and he had, you know, this other relation. Nobody nowadays ever does that. But he was, he was an adult. I mean, we had to get him out because, man, his sinfulness up in the White House. It's not the White House. It's the, it's the house of sin. And we, if we can just get him out of there, man, if we can just get him, if we can just get the right party in there, the people that, that, that stand up for God, then, then everything will be better. And it's amazing how you can get the right party in there. It's amazing how you can get your party in there and all the places get your party. And they, they, you, 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 you go ahead and have a party. You, you have your party and your party is having a party and everybody's having a party and nothing changes. And it's amazing how the hope of the world is not a politician. The hope of the world is not, is not somebody that you can elect. It is Jesus Christ. And so whenever your faith is moved off, and I see Christians, man, they preach more about their politician than they do their Savior. And it's like, what is, where is your faith? Where is your hope? Why is it that you believe that this party can make this legislation that will somehow make everybody agreeable, that will somehow stop the divide in our country? Do you really think that, that unity can come from this? 
Do you think this is a hope for our country? Is this really all that we need? Because if that's all that we need, why did God even send the Holy Spirit? Why didn't he just send some, some polling places and some ballot boxes to redeem us all? Like, why in the world? No, man, there's God. If that's, like, it's as silly as this ladder. It's as silly as your umbrella. Your, your voting record is as silly as the umbrella. It doesn't save you. It doesn't help you. Vote your conscience, pray about it, definitely. But if your faith is, locked, is intertwined in what you're doing, then you are acting out of superstition. And superstition creeps its way into our politics. It creeps its way into our, in, even, even, even into our prayer life. When we start praying for things for ourselves and we believe, and, and we'll even ask people questions, what are you believing God for? Meaning, meaning what are you having faith in, that, in God that he will do for you? And it's fine to have faith in God for him to do stuff for you. But when that's the, the primary purpose of your faith, your, 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 even your prayers are borderline on superstition because you're relying on this prayer to do something special for you. Faith changes the subject of your faith. It also changes the source of your faith. I remember we were at, we were at another church and um, this, this, this lady that we knew, she had been in a car accident um, that week, um, not 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 a really bad one, but she was she was bump, bumps and bruises a little bit, and Ro Ro met her in the in the lobby and saw that she had bruises. What's going on? Are you okay? What happened? She said, "Oh, I just got in a little car wreck this week," which happens a lot in Texas, by the way. Um, it's all these Californians coming. I tell you, it's. It, 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 I have my own theory, but anyway, she 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 was she was kind of bumped and bruised a little bit. And I said, "What's what, what's going on?" She said, "Well, you know, I was, I was in a car accident, but it's, but but I'm but I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's good." She said, "But really, it was my own fault anyway." And and and, and Rose like, "Oh, okay," because you know she thinks, "Well, it's my own fault. You pulled out in front of somebody, or you stopped when you should have went, or you went when you should have stopped, or whatever." And she said, "Well, I, I didn't put my armor on that day." And so, you know, I, I just knew that, that it was my own fault. And, and so Ro didn't grow up in charismatic church. And so she didn't know what in the world she was talking about. Didn't put your armor on. Like, are we like bubble wrap? Are we talking like, is, is that why you got, and she, she didn't, she didn't understand like what she was talking about. Well, well, so, so Ro asked me, what does it mean to put your armor on? And I said, well, she's, she's referring to Ephesians chapter six, where it says, put on the full armor of God. In order that you may not get in car accidents. That's, that's what it says. It's right there. It's, it's, in the, it's in the message. It's in the Amplified. It's one of the 15 definitions of stand against the wiles of the devil. In order that you may stand. That's what it says. In order that you may stand against the forces of, of darkness of the devil. To stand. That, that's the purpose. You put on the form of God so that you can stand. Now, now some years ago, people were preaching and talking about how bad things were happening to you because you hadn't put your armor on that day. And so they said, you need to pray every morning. You need to pray this particular prayer where you put the armor on. And you read Ephesians 6 and it says, put on the full armor of God. And it tells you what the armor is, the helmet of salvation. So you say, all right, I put on the helmet of salvation today. And a breastplate of righteousness and a belt of truth, sword of the spirit, shield of faith, your feet being shod, whatever that means, with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It means to put it on. And so, and so you get, like you, you, you armor up in the morning. And then you go through your day. And if you, if you armor up, then you'll be good. But what is that? That's superstition. It is the belief that if I just pray this prayer, that this prayer will protect me. 
And I said, honey, it's, 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 it's good to read Ephesians 6. I never discourage somebody from reading Ephesians 6 or even praying the armor of God. It's, it's a fine prayer, but, but it's dangerous when you rely on that prayer for your protection. That's what's dangerous because now the source of your protection is not a man named Jesus. It's not the Spirit of God living in you and through you. Now it's your ability to remember to pray a prayer in the morning. And the church has, has historically blended these things, especially the Roman Catholic Church found it very easy to blend some of the pagan uh, re religions along with the church religions and, and cross them over and blend them in to where now, like if you drive past St. John's and St. Marcus, you're supposed to cross yourself every time you drive past it. What happens if you don't cross yourself? I don't know. Bad luck. Juju, God will get you. I don't know what happens, but, but you need to do this to, 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 to prevent this. And so, and so uh, throughout history, man, we've, we've, been, we've been pretty poorly, both, I mean, all denominations, even non-denominational churches, we all have our thing. And that's why I mentioned dimes earlier, because Roe and I preached about uh, a couple of years ago about how God would just drop dimes in our lives to confirm that we were on the right path. And it's, and it's awesome. We found so many dimes and they just drop out of the air sometimes. Literally, we were talking to a couple one time and a dime just fell. We were telling them about dimes and it just he thought I threw it. And I was like, I, I didn't throw it. Like, I'm not that cheesy, you know? So I, I don't do that. But it just dropped. And I was like, what in the world? And, 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 and it's God's way of speaking, just confirming his word to us. But man, it's real, it's real easy to, to, to move from confirming a word to the direction of the word. And so I've had people say, well, I've really been praying about this. And then I went and visited this place and there was a dime there. So that means God wants me to move there because I found this dime. And I said, well, wait a minute. Dimes, we're not directed by dimes. Dimes don't, don't tell us what to do. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We have Jesus. He is all we need, dime or no dime. I got Jesus speaking to me. God will do things like a dime to bring confirmation of what he's already spoken to you. He'll do things, and, and some people rely on prophetic words. So they're just waiting for somebody in, with, with a microphone who calls himself a pastor to say something over them. And it's like when they say something, okay, well, then I have to do that. Well, hold on a second. Like, if, if, he's, if his name doesn't start with a J and end with an Eesus, then it's, it's not, it's, it's, that's not our source of faith. Jesus is our source. He has to be our source. The church, the prophet can help, and the preacher can help, and the dimes can help, and the signs and the wonders can follow those who believe, but they don't go out in front of us because we don't ever put our faith in a sign or a wonder. We put our faith in the person of Jesus. He speaks to us. He leads us. He directs us. He guides us. He protects us. Psalm 16, I do have this scripture to put on the screen for you. It's from the Good News Translation. Psalm 16 is, is a psalm that talks about this. David says, protect me, O God. I trust in you for safety. He says, say to the Lord, you are my Lord. All the good things I have come from you. You, Lord, are all I have and you give me all I need. My future is in your hands. Huh. Can you say that? My future is in your hands. I, 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 I love how he says, he says, he says, all the good things I have come from you. And we think, yes, okay, God's going to give us a lot of good things. And then he says, you, Lord, are all I have. <laughs> well, there you go. All the good things I have come from you and you're all I got. 
you've literally given me nothing but you. <laughs> and if you've given me nothing but you, he says, you have given me all that I need. <laughs> I don't need a rabbit's foot and I don't need the stuff that the rabbit's foot promises. I don't need to stay away from ladders and I don't need the stuff that staying away from ladders promises. Even if staying away from ladders was true, even if rabbit's foot were true, it's not going to give me what I need. If I have Jesus, then I have what I need. So chocolate covered poop <laughs> finds its way in all areas of our life. Next week, I'm going, to, I'm going to talk about that fear of the unknown, how it really affects that and, and how we can find our faith in that setting. But I would, just, I would just suggest to you that if you're seeking something other than Jesus, that you're really seeking the wrong thing. That the thing that you need, all that you need, is found in Him. And He is not the thing to get you what you think you need. <laughs> he is the thing that you need. And uh, we've been talking about freedom. We've been preaching on freedom. And some people are, are still processing that. And that's, that's awesome. Still understanding what it means to be free. But remember, freedom is not the absence of something. So the wrong, the wrong thing to say is, Lord, what do I need freedom from? That's the wrong question. What do you mean freedom from? Freedom is not the absence of something. You don't need freedom from, away from anything, because freedom is not the absence of something. The, the right question is, Lord, how much more of you do I need in my life? How much more of you can I have in my life? What are the, where are the areas that are absent of God? I don't need freedom from something. I just need more of Jesus. And it sounds so simple because it is. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be simple enough for children to get it. But for sages to to miss it. It's supposed to be simple enough for children who just have a lot more natural faith than we do to get it, to receive it, and to believe it. And so would you just uh, bow your head with me for a minute and close your eyes. I would just give you the opportunity to put your faith in Jesus, not superstition, <laughs> not in your own works, or not in a particular prayer. Not in some beads or a preacher or a prophet, but in the person of Jesus alone. 